Okay, we ready for an opening? We're ready. And we're back with more of the Popon film. Act three, buddy. Act three. Act three. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually mosey on in to our third and final act of the show. And for those of you who may be uninitiated amongst you, the third and final act of the show is where we finally eventually get around to discussing our low-cost, low-calorie, but still same great taste you've come to know and expect, Movie of the Week! And this week, we watch a classic movie from Peter Sellers that is also racist AF. And I will try my hardest not to completely go off the rails, just off the chain, as we discuss the 1968 Peter Sellers comedy film known simply as The Party. Yes. Now, yes. um, now, let me just say straight up, just because your dad liked it doesn't mean that you don't have you can't like it. You could still like it. Hate it because it's racist as shit. Yes, it is very, very racist. But uh, this this movie was chosen by Bunny because uh, October is Bunny's birthday month. And we would have been doing this in, in October if I hadn't caught the coronavirus. But uh, I, I still want to start off the discussion of this movie the way that I, I tried to do throughout your birthday month. Yes. First off, uh, Bunny, why this movie? Why this question. movie? Because a lot of these movies are... Well, they're either never watched, uh, as in the two May West movies, so they're only movies I've heard about, but always wanted to give a whirl, or uh, oddities from my past, like movies I have just okay. recently rediscovered after a long time. I haven't seen The Party in fucking years. And I, I I loved it a lot when I was younger, you know? Yeah. Uh, and frankly, I still love this movie. Uh, but I, there is absolutely no reason why his character needs to be Indian. That's not adding yeah, to not anything except for a way yeah. for you to be mocking him. You know, yeah, and I, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. As far as I care, um, other than that, I think the movie's fucking hysterical. I, 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 I have never seen a a physical performance like Peter Sellers has put in has put in and I love movies that that start fairly simple and escalate to a really weird place you know that's just yeah. a kind of a, a a movie theme I like yeah 
The movie theme that I like is when someone is from a small town and now they're in a big place, but they still can't stop talking about the town they're from. Yeah. Like in Catalina Caper, Tommy Kirk is from Phoenix and he won't fucking shut up about it. <laughs> oh, what do you think of our beach party? Well, it sure beats hanging out with armadillos in Phoenix. Like, shut the fuck up. <sighs> the same thing happens in the animated yeah. movie. In the animated movie Rio, there is a uh, the the female lead is from Minnesota, and now she's in Rio de Janeiro, and she's just like, "Oh, well, we don't do that in Minnesota." Oh, well, I'm used to the weather in Minnesota, and it's like, "Shut the fuck up about Minnesota, please." <laughs> it's Tommy Kirk all over again. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, okay, 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 let me get into this. Okay, so my father, uh, he hated movies. Uh, when, when I was, uh, his child. Yeah. Was in his house when I was young, when I was a child, he absolutely hated going to the movies. And here is why. Because when my dad was a child, he was super rich. His family was loaded. Yeah. His dad had a ton of money and they had they didn't have a house. They had an entire block. Yeah. And the entire block had a bunch of buildings and a bunch of houses and just the whole family lived there and everybody had like sort of their own house and 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 uh it's his his father owned uh, my grandfather, who I never knew from my dad's side. He he owned a bunch of uh, businesses. He owned the town movie theater, and my dad would just spend his entire you know all of his time at that movie theater, just hanging out and watching movies. And and he loved movies, and he would go all the time. And then when my dad got older, like in his twenties. Apparently, my grandfather was, I don't know, like a drinker or something. And anyway, a gambler, I don't know. But he lost all of the money. And suddenly, my dad was uh, the in one of the poorest families in all of Mexico. And it, that really hurt him. And so when he left Mexico and moved to America to start a better life and yada, 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 he, 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 he hated movies. And I understand why he hated movies, but, you know, w- when he became a parent, he avoided movies and movie theaters, and, and that created a, a distance between us because I spent my childhood in freaking movie theaters. I talk to my mom every, every once in a while, and she says now, now that they're older, that uh, her and my dad go to the movies all the time, and that kind of pisses me off. Yeah, you know, but but whatever. Uh, uh, my my parents never bothered to try to get to know me as a person at all, you know. And when yeah. I think of my childhood, I felt like I was very much the annoying burden of the family. Yeah, you know. But my dad avoided movies, but there were three movies that he absolutely loved. That he 100% loved. He watched regularly. We had them on beta. Yeah. 
Oh my God. To show my age. And there were three movies that he absolutely loved and he would force down my throat all of the time. Number one, Peter O'Toole's Man of La Mancha. Okay. I haven't seen that movie since the 80s, but my dad watched it so much, I could pretty much sing word for word the song, uh, The Man of La Mancha. Oh, Eleanor, you got me something? Okay. What, what, is, what did you get me? Oh, wow. Three tic, old Tic Tacs. Thank you so much. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the Coca-Cola flavored Tic Tacs. This, this is every dad's dream. You know, thank you so much. I'm going to leave those there. Thank you. So my dad loved uh, the man of La Mancha. Number one. Number two, American Flyers. American Flyers. Wasn't yeah, that the kids with the, with the, with the, no, that's Radio Flyers. Sorry. Wait, that's sorry. Radio Flyers. American Flyers was a 1985 sports movie, but with bicycling. And it featured a young, uh, dance, dances with wolves, a young, the postman, a young, the uh, postman. Huh? Yeah. And, and my dad loved that movie because he he fancied himself a semi professional bicyclist and yeah. triathlete and uh, the semi professional runner. He would do all these races and stuff like that. So yeah. And then my dad used to use that to body shame me because I was too skinny and weak, and that was embarrassing for my dad. But that's a whole different story. Okay. And then his third favorite movie, 1968's The Party, where Peter Sellers does brown face to play a clumsy bit actor from India named Harundi who accidentally gets invited to a big Hollywood party and wacky hijinks ensue. Yeah. My dad loved this movie, and I can tell you why my dad loved this movie, because my dad was a big fan of Peter Sellers, and also my dad was racist. Yeah. My dad my dad was the Archie Bunker of Latinos. Yeah. And growing up, I remember hearing stories about uh, the... the uh, the problem with black people and the problem with Asians and the problem with Jewish people and all of this shit. And, and, yeah. and, and my dad loved uh, the party because Peter Sellers is funny. And also, uh, Oh, Hey, Indians are so uh, funny and stupid. And thankfully I grew up and learned to, to think for myself. And now I'd like to think of myself as the anti my dad. Okay. I mean, I listen to my kids and teach them to respect other races. And yeah, this movie is funny at times because it was literally a 60-page script and pretty much the entire party was ad-libbed. Uh, I looked oh, it up. I don't know. I, I could say the background players were ad-libbed, but I, I can't say that no, uh, it was no. It, I looked it up so I can tell you. It was a sixty-page script. Most of it was ad-libbed, and uh, uh, the party was mostly ad-libbed. And so it was shot in sequence, and each scene was built on the other one. Yeah. 
Peter Sellers was was ad libbing almost all of it, and they would they filmed the party in order because whatever Peter Sellers did in this first scene, okay, well then we'll do the next scene on top of that, and it just keeps building and yeah. building and building. I, and, I I see that I thought was I thought was awesome. I thought the comedy in this was pretty awesome, along with quite nostalgic seeing certain faces again that you don't see. I mean you don't see Gavin McLeod much anymore, you know, and um, the the Johnny Carson girl, what was her name? Uh, I do not know, but I'll tell you, I'm, I forget. My, I, I just, I, I watched the entire movie just waiting for Wyoming Bill to show up again. <laughs> yeah, who was, uh, wasn't he from Sleeper? Wasn't he, uh, Denny Miller. Um, Woody Allen sleeper. Wasn't he like Diane Keaton's boyfriend when they're in their totalitarian happy world? I do not know if that was him. He was in Buck and the Preacher. He is definitely a face, though. He is a face of that time. Yeah. You know? But, like, I don't see how... I I loved all the physical humor. I loved the gags. You know, I loved the toilet paper that rolled forever and wiping the watercolors off the painting and, and all of that stuff. I loved all these gags, but there was absolutely no reason for him to, he could have been anybody. Why the fuck did you make him Indian? Yeah. Like, like this is a good movie and it's funny, but also I would never, pull on my dad and force my kids to watch the Pink Panther do an Apu from the Simpsons impersonation while also being Mr. Bean. See, now this, see, now this is one of those movies that sets off that fascination of mine that, that I've mentioned several times as to when we look back at certain films like The Party, is what you're seeing racist? Well, it's racist, but yes. was it racist at the time? And Dario Argento is a big go-to for me for trying to describe that because he always had a made in the 70s, a swishy male, stereotypically homosexual character. Yeah. But on the other hand, that swishy homosexual character was either the lead of the story or very, very close. Yeah. So they still, they, okay, it was still a swishy characteristic, you know? Yeah. A stereotype, but still you're, you're pushing them out further. You're more advancing the cause than taking away from it of normalizing homosexuality you know oh they can hold important jobs too that kind of a thing um there are a lot of examples the party is not one of them yeah okay i i i think again see it's it's so tough for me to separate you know because 
I think they're. Uh, I think the comedy in this movie is genius. I think the physical comedy of it is genius. I think the situations are are hysterical. All of that, and I see absolutely no reason whatsoever why he's Indian and why he can't be anything else. Yeah, he does not add anything. Nothing is added to the comedy by making him Indian except that you just flat out want to make fun of Indian people. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That is that's that's just it. Yeah. You know, I mean I mean he's he's not he has a tender side that loser characters cannot help having. Yeah. And I think if if Peter Sellers had thought about it harder, he would have rang the crap out of that too. <laughs> yeah. You know? Talk about how he likes to strangle cats instead. But other than that, it was all like, look at how stupid Indian people are. Yeah. That was it. Oh, don't they sound funny? It. Oh, don't they smell of curry? You know, like you know, and that and that builds until we have a goddamn elephant. An elephant. <laughs> yeah. We have a fucking elephant. Yeah. I, I I had a hard time watching the movie obviously because of my own uh baggage that comes with this movie I, yeah. I i i want to just entirely shit on it because it's racist but i am willing to to like to to go to the point and say okay well you know um Peter Sellers is hilarious, and this is the only Blake Edwards Peter Sellers movie that they did that together yeah. that wasn't the Pink Panther. And um, Peter Sellers is a genius, and there are funny parts of this film. Uh-huh. And this movie, this movie has an example of one of the Hollywood clones I, I, I had mentioned a few episodes yes. back. And that yeah, is that. that is the the drunk waiter guy. Yes. I love drunk waiter guy. I love seeing his face again. Like God he used to be in anything and I wonder how he died for them to bring up his next clone. Because yes. in Phantom of the Paradise, um, oh Christ, what was the name of the band? The Juicy Fruits. The Juicy Fruits? The lead singer of the Juicy Fruits was clearly, clearly a clone of that man. Yeah. And in every generation, yeah. there has been a... Conti- I, I, I've lost a little bit of track of them, okay? But I am sure that we can find a guy right now who who you could trace perfectly back to that drunk waiter. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. probably. Those are the Hollywood clones. Yeah. That's how you could tell a Hollywood clone. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were just talking about this. Mhm. 
Was it was it was it the last episode? No, we were just talking about this. Yeah. 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 Uh, Haley Joe Osment is clearly another clone of Cousin Oliver. One hundred percent. That's so with the funny kid from Christmas Story right in between those. That, that's so funny that you brought that up because I just re-downloaded uh, Eric Jean Roche's The Spoils of Babylon. Babylon. This is just okay. so so. It, I've been seeing a lot of Haley Joel Osment lately because he's yes. the, the son who goes crazy. Yes. Loved that. That was a fun time. That was that was a that was a fun weird time. I don't think we ever I don't think we ever did the sequel. Or maybe we did like the first episode, but we didn't do the entire sequel. No, we I think we did the whole sequel. I think we, we did? just did the whole sequel all at once. Huh. Like I, I think know. we did one episode, but we covered the entire sequel. Yeah. Huh. Well, then I just don't remember the sequel. I remember the spoils of Babylon more than I do the other one. Then it's something I, I don't. I, I enjoyed it. It's one of those things that I enjoyed. I just don't see myself going back to. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It makes me giggle every time it's brought up. You know, Eric Jean-Rosh. Yeah, my mom was my mom was really into those. Late seventies, early eighties, epic miniseries. Oh my god! Though I was raised on those fucking things. Yeah. Shogun and the Thornbirds and Lonesome uh, Dove. Lonesome Dove. Root. It start pretty much started with Roots. Yeah, but those big epic miniseries that would go on for weeks and have all of these guest stars and these yeah. big massive stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I absolutely. And then that sort of turned into V, which I love. Yes. I absolutely love V. The TV show can suck it. Yes. But the two miniseries did were just. Oh, that's strange, wonderful. man. That's strange, man. Because that's exactly. I feel that way about V. But we can take that and drop it right onto Kolchak the Night Stalker. Exactly. Like yeah. like yeah. those two, the first mm -hmm. two movies, the Night Stalker and the Night Strangler. I love the shit out of those movies. And the see I don't know if maybe it was a series and it's just too rushed. It's it's just doesn't have the same feeling. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely not. It's just not the same when when it when it turns into a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think I have anything else on the party. Yeah, I'm find I'm find I, I'm catching myself finding other things to talk about than Peter Sellers is the party. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I don't think I have anything. So it's just so it's just tainted by your father. You're thinking 100 percent by my yeah. father. I, 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 I tried really hard to give this film the benefit of the doubt. So so it, it, it takes a lot of strength for me to say 
Peter Sellers is very talented. There are parts of this film that are funny. His physical comedy is unmatched. And the fact that most of this film was ad-libbed yeah. really is impressive. Oh, uh, but but also, no, the, the movie is 100% tainted. Fun fact about this film that I learned while researching it, a stuntman almost, an actor almost died on the set. Yeah. So... Let me explain why. So they're like, hey, this pool has to be filled with foam. Hey, we don't we need more foam. Let's get some more foam in here. So they filled the pool with foam and then an actor jumped into the pool. But what they didn't take into account is that the foam that they used was specifically like the foam that firemen used to put out fires. Oh. So they shoot this foam. And what the foam does is the foam says, Okay, we're removing all the oxygen. Yeah. There's no more oxygen. So the actor jumped into this oh. pool full of foam and immediately couldn't breathe because there was no fucking oxygen in there. So the guy almost died on the set. Oh, my God. And that's hilarious. That, like, of all the movies you could almost, that you could die in, I like, it's sad, but I understand someone dying on the set of Twilight Zone the movie. You know, yeah. I can't understand how someone could die in Peter Sellers is the party. What, were you trampled by an elephant? Yeah. That is shocking to me. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, the, movie is, the movie is sort of tainted by my dad. I, I've yeah. had a lot of dad issues this week. And and, and I, I, a lot of it is just because I had to watch this movie again. Yeah. You know? I, I, I really really? got to gotta pin this on you, Dad, because there's a lot about this movie that is really genius comedy. Just genius comedy. I, I, Just I accept the this. fact that this is, this is racist. Yeah, it is. It is racist AF. But I will say this. I did download Henry Mancini's instrumental opening credits music. And I have it on my yeah. phone. Really good. Yeah. It's I dig the swinging Henry Mancini, like you know. Now, sort of. if I'm not mistaken, though, I think this is an official new entry in Pope on film history, okay. and not Peter Sellers because he was in a Casino Royale. Yes. An old classic of ours. Yeah, he's my favorite James Bond and not uh, Sean Connery because Sean Connery likes hitting women. Yes. But if I'm not mistaken, this is our first Blake Edwards movie. Yes. Yes. This is. Correct. Yes. Wow. Our first Blake Edwards movie. What the fuck ever happened to Blake Edwards? I mean, he just had a had a huge run for a little while. My favorite Pink Panther movie is the one where the the Inspector Clouseau's boss just goes like full on evil supervillain and he has like a big lair and stuff and he's Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. I also haven't seen it since I was like ten. But that's 
all I remember from the film. I need to go back and watch those movies again. I I haven't watched them in years, but he just had. Oh my yeah. god, he had such a good run for a short, relatively short period of time. Um, Victor he Victoria. Did. He did a lot with Robert Preston. And he did a lot with Julie Andrews, who he was married to. Yep. At the time, yeah. uh, ten, ten with Dudley Moore, which was a huge fucking ten. hit at the time with Bo Derek. Ten, yes. Goddamn braids. With the braids, I hated the braids, but she was yeah. still one of the hottest women yeah. on the fucking planet at the, the time. Yeah, yeah. Despite the braids. Despite the bra- despite the braids, yes. Uh, yeah. Christ, he did he did a ton of movies, and they they and he just had a particular style where you knew you were watching a Blake Edwards movie, and some of them get it like I think Victor Victoria gets a little draggy, you know. Yeah. yeah. But but yes, this is our first in, in entry of Thank Blake and Edwards. Yes. Yeah. So so Thank what you. is even going on for next week? I'm so ready either the, way. So, so, okay. So, um, I feel that you would have probably gotten another movie in if I hadn't have gotten the coronavirus. So, if you want to pick next week's movie, you can. If not, I do have a movie all, all ready for us. See, this would be a great time if we had... If we build up an audience in Facebook, we can just go to the Facebook chant and it would be like, because here's how I'm thinking of deciding it. Pitch your movie. I'll pitch mine. And we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. Uh, You want me to go first? Yes, you go first. Okay. So what I was ready for, ready with, was a movie called Latitude Zero. Have you ever heard of Latitude Zero? Latitude Zero is a Toho production starring Joseph Cotton and Cesar Romero. It is a strangely enjoyable film you keep expecting Godzilla to show up. Like, literally, Godzilla could pop up in this movie at any time, and he doesn't. Yeah. And it's starring Joseph Cotton and fucking Cesar Romero. <laughs> yeah. What's, okay, what's so yours? Your your pick is Latitude Zero. My pick is a 1994 film starring Denise Richards called Tammy and the T-Rex. Tammy so, and the T-Rex. Okay. It, it, it's it's about it's about uh Tammy and his and her boyfriend and uh the boyfriend dies but his uh his his 
consciousness goes into a animatronic T-Rex figure and they start dating. Okay. The way the movie came about is uh, the director was approached by a man who had an animatronic T-Rex, this giant animatronic T-Rex, and he was going to send it to a theme park in Texas in like a month. But before he sent it, he went to his director friend and said, hey, would you like a T-Rex for a movie? And the director said, yeah, that'd be amazing. And the person who owned the T-Rex said, yeah, but I, I, I need to send it back in like a month. So could you make a movie with a T-Rex in a month? And so he just banged out a shitty script in like two days and immediately started filming like the weirdest, craziest, stupidest uh, Denise Richards T-Rex romance no movie. And it's absolutely... Okay. It, and it came out in 1994, and I have no idea how I didn't know about this film until now. Okay, this is a tough call, and and we might have to really make this decision, but let me check and see if there's any chat. Anybody in the chat who has a preference over which movie? Latitude Zero or... Uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. Okay. Okay. Look, okay. Uh, there, there may be some nobody there, or it may just be the delay. Man, it's no, a it's, tough choice, because these are such similar sounding, yes. like they're both at the same level of bizarre. Yeah. Okay, let's try... Let's try going to the next level in decision-making yet. Have you uploaded yours yet? I absolutely have, and it's waiting there. You win. <laughs> hey, next week, we're watching Denise Richards in Tammy and the T-Rex. This is supposed to be absolute trash. R real real horrible bad and uh i can't believe i haven't seen it until now like how does a movie this weird and bad happen like the director was so desperate to make this movie and make it quickly before the animatronic t-rex had to be sent away that all of the locations for the movie are within like 20 miles of the director's house it really was a sort of last second labor of love of hey we got a t-rex we got to do something with it let's make a movie what is it a yeah. romance let's do this yeah. so uh yeah never seen it uh okay christian does say latitude zero that we should watch that in the chat christian said latitude zero okay so, so uh, well mm -hmm. I, I i i i like i kind of like this idea but so let's go the audience should have the last say. Let's do Latitude Zero. Okay. 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 And then after Latitude Zero, we can do Tammy and the T-Rex. Yes. Yeah. There you go. There you go. No, Whoopi Goldberg. No, Christian. Whoopi Goldberg is not in Tammy and the T-Rex. You're thinking of that other one where, where her and the T-Rex are cops. But no. Denise <laughs> Richards is in Tammy and the T-Rex. So...
Okay, so next week, Latitude Zero, Cesar Romero, and somebody else. Who? Uh, Joseph Cotton. Joseph Cotton. Joseph Cotton. Wow. And then the week after that, Tammy and the T-Rex. Cool. This will be fun. This will be fun. Maybe maybe uh, once a month, it'll be audience's choice. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that idea. That's fun. So next week... Uh, uh, scratch out Tammy and the T-Rex here. Uh, latitude zero. And, uh, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited about that. But, uh, uh, I'm excited to, for next week's episode, but now that I'm looking back at this week, um, uh, technical issues with Act 1, Funny versus breatharianism, Peter yeah. Stellar's being racist, my dad being kind of a dick. I, I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. Just put yeah. it out there. I this a- for, first, before giving my verdict, I just want to let everybody know I'm probably going to be testing later on, so you don't have to like the video, you don't have to comment on the video. I'm probably going to be deleting the video because it's just test stuff. But with that said, this has been a damn good, exciting episode full of new horizons for the Pope on Film podcast. I would have to give it two and a half stars. Okay. I absolutely agree. I, I, you know, I, but I didn't want to say anything. You're the person who makes those distinctions, not me, but yes, I concur with your assessment. Good, sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and uh, Eleanor and Maxwell and Bella and everybody else in the house. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. I did you show off with some poofy tuts. Flowers. <laughs> and cookies and do you have a shirt on? Get, get out of the get out of the shot. Get out of the shot. Cut and print. Cut and print. <laughs>